Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Global Director of Public Relations at Zebra Technologies, and I have Mike Zachman with me today to update us on the state of cybersecurity. As Zebra's Chief Security Officer, or CISO, Mike spends his days monitoring for threats and recommending new strategies and tactics for Zebra, as well as our partners and customers. So he's going to share a few best practices you can employ across your business to mitigate risks and keep your devices and networks well defended against emerging threats. Mike, we're so glad to have you back. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Therese. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Wonderful. Mike, I'd like to start by congratulating you for making the CISO Top 100 list this year. I know you don't have an easy job, so that's quite an accomplishment. Well, thank you. Thank you, Therese. And I want to start by making it clear that this recognition, which I am very grateful for, is it's really a recognition of the Zebra security team, not just me. I've got the incredible pleasure of working with a lot of great, talented teammates. And you're right, security is not an easy job. That's why companies even Zebra, need everyone to view security as part of their job. So thank you. Absolutely. You're very welcome. I actually saw the other day that nearly two-thirds of chief information security officers or chief information officers expect reportable ransomware and software supply chain incidents to jump during the second half of 2021. Are you one of those? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, there's no question that the threat environment just really continues to worsen. Um, and, you know, ransomware and the supply chain security are, are great examples of that. Uh, I, I was reading in the first quarter of 2021 alone that supply chain attacks increased 42 percent from the prior year. Mm. Um, so that really means I mean, if any of you more data around that is that means seven million people were impacted by these events, and and I'm positive that that number is just going to continue to grow. You know, the the sophistication of organized crime to they've really figured out how to monetize vulnerabilities, and it, and it's really astounding what what they are doing and have continued to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unfortunately for them, it's a low risk, high reward endeavor, uh, and you know we we are working with. Uh, with the U.S. government as well as other governments, um, and we're really encouraging them to take more action. They, we need government help to change that equation. Um, but right now, you know, the burden is definitely on companies to do everything we can to secure against these threats um, and then really minimize the impact when, when those threats become a reality. Mm-hmm. There's also speculation we'll see more occurrences of malware via software updates. And considering how many software updates are being pushed to business devices and information systems these days, that could be alarming to some. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is. And and it is a tricky situation. And, I mean, that's why, as I said, that's why the bad actors, um, you know, they, they see these opportunities and they take advantage. You know, keeping your devices and your systems patched and current, is still, you know, really the number one best way to defend against these threats. So, so, so you're, you're caught in this conundrum. Do I, do I, do I do this update or do I not do this update? And, you know, while the risk of a bad patch, so to speak, is real, uh, you know, the real, the, the risk of being unpatched is, is currently still much, much worse. So, uh, you know, this is, 
to me, this is a reason why you want to really work with reputable brands who are, in fact, working hard to try and address this fairly new uh, risk that we're that we're all facing. Mm-hmm. Mike, what can our listeners do to help reduce the risk of these types of incidents within their business environments or perhaps within their customers' business environments? Well, start off, hire a really good chief security officer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but seriously, it, it's a big job, and it's not something that, that can just be delegated to IT as it was often done in the past. Um, it's not just an IT problem. It really is a business problem. So, you know, a robust security program is, you know, it's multifaceted, multidisciplined. Now, but kind of more specific to your question, you know, if I were to point out just a few key tactics, it'd be these. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, keep your systems and devices patched and current. It's absolutely fundamental. Another very effective approach is, I'll put it in quotes, least privilege access, meaning that you limit the systems and, and, and people and devices to only have access to what they need. Uh, it, it's often com- easier to just, you know, a new employee comes in, you give them access to everything and you're done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that is not a good approach. Uh, so, so for example, if you can keep your printers that you plug into your network, if you can keep them from having internet access, it really reduces the risk to those printers. Uh, and, and so, so that least privilege access is, is really key. And then I guess a third, um, aspect I'd mention is constant monitoring and constant testing to, to proactively look for problems and fix them before they can be exploited. So as an example, have a program that interlaces your traditional penetration testing, bug bounty programs, vulnerability scanning, public vulnerability disclosure programs, et cetera. You know, bring all that together so that, you know, you find problems before the bad guys do. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. With so many people now working remotely, I would imagine organizations are extremely concerned about information security. They can't control employees' home Wi-Fi networks nor the public networks they may be accessing. What should companies do to protect devices and data in remote work settings, especially considering this this could become a longstanding practice? Yeah, there's no doubt the surge in work from home has, has certainly heightened and accelerated several security best practices. Uh, I may sound like a broken record here, but, you know, patching, 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 a rigorous patching and updating process is essential. Mm-hmm. And that's not just for your laptops. It's for your tablets. It's for your phones. Um, it's for your printers. It's for your security camera. It, it's for every device. Right. Make sure that they're state that they keep current. Um, another another one is mobile device management. You'll maybe hear it called MDM. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really essential today uh, for devices like phones. Uh, that is a way that you can really clarify and enforce policies on those devices uh, in a way that can scale. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, companies need to know where their data is. And so with this work from home, you know, sometimes that 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 blur, that line has blurred between is that where where's my data at? So there's another phrase that you may hear is zero trust, zero trust architectures. Um, those are really needed more and more uh, as our security controls follow the user. So follow the individual. 
doesn't matter whether they're working from home or in the office. They're the same set of security is sort of wrapped around them. And um, I guess an example of that is the traditional VPNs where uh, a lot of companies, you know, you you work at home, you you log into a VPN, which is a virtual private network. Mm-hmm. That that pulls you inside of the corporate network. So now you're it's like you're at at the office. But the reality is that as as more and more services move to the cloud, you're not really in the corporate network only. You're also leveraging the internet, and so more needs to be done. And this zero trust architecture which wraps in things like how does your VPN work, the use of multi-factor authentication to get everywhere, um, ensuring that you only have access to what you need. These are all things that are just being accelerated by this move to work from home. Mm -hmm. Mike, have you seen new types of threats emerge to corporate networks and data since remote work increased? Well, yes and no. So while... Well, it's not just due to teleworking or remote, you know, remote work. Mm-hmm. The the overall COVID environment has really created an immense amount of fear and uncertainty in people. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. And now hackers immediately leverage this, and they've been launching from from the beginning of COVID. They 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 broke records, launching a record number of phishing campaigns. And these campaigns, they lure people in. Uh, preying on their fears and their uncertainties. So a really strong security awareness campaign coupled with kind of easy to use report phishing type capabilities can really help defend against those those social engineering tactics. Mm-hmm. I know we often talk about device security in terms of handheld computers, tablets, laptops and desktops. What about wearables? Their use is increasing among frontline workers, for example. Are there any security considerations for heads-up displays, ring scanners, and similar devices? Absolutely. Uh, there are security considerations in every, I'll call it smart device. Anything, you know, all these things have, you know, they're, they're little computers. And you know, we can't forget the real-life example a few years ago of a wireless fish tank thermometer mm-hmm. that was in it was in the lobby of a Las Vegas casino, and that thermometer was the entry point into that casino's network and ultimately resulted in a breach of, of that casino. Mm. So, so, so the bottom line is every device, whether it's wearables or not, um, is subject to cyber threats. So, you know, when I, when I look at the Z, when I look at Zebra and the devices that we build and, and sell, you know, security is embedded in our products and solutions from the inception to when they're no longer used. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're engineered to give our customers control over the over the settings and the security of these devices so that they can be secured as needed based upon the customer's requirements. Mike, what about printers? We know they can be points of vulnerability if not properly secured, especially given how networked they are today. We're also seeing more data transmitted and print jobs managed via workers' mobile devices. How have printer security strategies changed in the last year or so? With all of our products, we believe that security must be baked in from the design of the product through its use and eventual retirement. Now, that concept is embedded in our printers. 
which offer a range of security features we call print secure. These features enable our users to tightly align how the printers are configured, connected, and integrated to their own security standards. For example, right out of the box, our printers allow users to choose when and how they will allow connections via Bluetooth, instead of simply advertising their Bluetooth connections to anyone just passing by. Our network interfaces can be encrypted and use certificates to ensure connections are authenticated. Even our USB host ports can be easily deactivated to protect against unwanted connections. For printers already in operation, we offer a security assessment utility that quickly analyzes a printer's configuration and then can report back on risks related to setting choices that may have been made in the past. The allow lists feature can control which IP addresses are even you know, allowed to talk to the printer. And our protected mode places key settings behind a user-defined complex password. Our Printer Profile Manager Enterprise PPME software app enables tight control over the printer, allowing users to shut down networking services that aren't really needed. Finally, our printers offer a decommissioning feature, which can scrub a retired printer clean of sensitive files, settings, and information. Mike, what should businesses be doing to ensure their devices are fully locked down, regardless of where they're used? Well, it may sound circular, but we really do need technology to help secure technology. Uh, to secure devices at scale, businesses absolutely need the support of automated patching and configuration tools. You know, the company needs to be able to define policies and then have the devices enforce those policies. So, for example, here at Zebra, that means uh, leveraging print secure, as I mentioned previously. Um, mm -hmm. Or lifeguard for Android capabilities. You know, these are all parts of Zebra's overall DNA ecosystem. Mobile device management, another key capability. You know, Zebra, we partner with companies like 42 Gears or Sodi. And finally, another really good best practice, uh, and it's something that Zebra mobile devices allow, is a feature where you allow applications to be listed and only those applications are able to be run on the device. So if, if you're not on that list, you don't run on the device. Got it. Very good. What about cloud infrastructure? We're seeing a shift away from on-premise systems, even for things like RFID and robotics automation, with more data being sent to the cloud for storage, analysis, and redistribution, and more operational systems being controlled via the cloud. Are there extra measures that should be taken to protect data and equipment? Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure if extra is the right word, but there are different mm -hmm. things that need to be done. Um, you know, really, business has proven that cloud infrastructure can be as secure or even more so than traditional data centers. But the key word there is can. Uh, you know, cloud infrastructures are heavily dependent on proper configuration and proper management. So what that means is if Zebra has solutions built on, for example, Google's cloud, GCP, you know, the, the majority of that security responsibility still remains with Zebra to properly manage and configure the environment. You know, to highlight this, there's a, there was a study from Gartner that said 99% of cloud security incidents through 2025 are expected to be the customer's fault. And by, by customer, what they mean like, so if, 
they, they mean the company whose services are hosted in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So, so here at Zebra, we've taken a very eyes wide open approach to our journey to the cloud. Our various cloud vendors integrate a security platform. We're monitoring the environments for vulnerabilities or misconfigurations is, is continually done. These security platforms also help us keep an inventory of, of what do we have in the cloud? What's being spun up? What's being taken down? So my, I guess my point is knowing your cloud environment is a very key item in securing that environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike, before I let you go, I'm sure our listeners are curious about what Zebra is doing to help customers lock down the solutions we provide. Can you talk a little bit about the tools available, including any new ones that have been released in the last few months? Our Android products have a lifetime security guard offering, one that extends security support with regular security updates. With many of our solutions that Zebra provides and manages for our customers, we have a dedicated product and solution security team monitoring, responding, and implementing controls, all of that to reduce the risk to our customers. Using a secure data platform, Zebra's Visibility IQ provides insights into the health and inventory of a customer's Zebra devices, and this definitely helps and allows for proactive security management. And as mentioned before, our Print Secure offering includes a security assessment wizard, automated Wi-Fi certificate management, and a protected mode and defaulted improvements for wireless connectivity. Excellent. Well, this has been very eye-opening, Mike, and I'm sure equally valuable for our listeners. Thank you for providing us with these insights and guidance. We should reconnect soon to dig into some of the unique considerations for retailers, healthcare providers, manufacturers, and others. What do you think? I'd love to. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Mike. And until then, I hope you are able to get some rest. And thank you again for all of what you and your team do to protect Zebra, our customers, and our partners. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in once again. You can find more information about the tools Mike just spoke about on our Your Edge blog, which is located on zebra.com slash blog. If you have any questions related to security, specifically the steps you can take to secure Zebra solutions, please do reach out to your local Zebra representative or contact our support team. And remember to do your part, be security smart. I'm Therese Van Ryn, signing off until next time.